Now, The Sipping Point with Lori Forster, the wine coach, certified sommelier, corporate entertainer, and wife to a world-class chef, Lori is literally pouring the fun back into wine. Meet some of the most interesting people in the world of food, wine, and spirits as she uncorks the recipe for a delicious life. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach with The Sipping Point. And given that St. Patrick's Day is coming up here very soon, we're going to take a little break on the wine. And I'm thrilled to have with me Tim Hurley from Tullamore Whiskey in Ireland. But he's not in Ireland. He's actually in Miami on a tour of the Irish pubs of America. Tim, thanks for joining us. Delighted to be here. I guess we're going to have to call this the the Irish wine segment, are we? (laughs) Yes, I'm happy. Yeah, we can call this Irish wine. Okay, people always love to hear my story about how I got to be in the wine business. I used to be in sales, taking clients out to dinner, and always felt a little uncomfortable ordering the wine. And when I started studying so I could do that better, I fell in love with wine quit my six-figure software job and, and moved into my passion. So how do you become, you are the brand ambassador in the U.S. for uh, Telemordu. How did you get that job? Yeah, I think first and foremost, you'll get a theme out of this story. It's being really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I don't think, I think everyone has an unusual way into this. Like nobody goes to Ran ambassador college or university, they, they kind of find their way in. And I made the kind of unusual move from being an egg farmer in Ireland to, uh, I know, the natural transition from egg. <laughs> I love it. Um, you may be questioning Tullamore Jews' recruitment policy at the moment, but I assure you, they only hired the best egg farmers. So love it. myself and my dad, we had a, an egg farm. My dad still does 80,000 hens. And uh, we were building an egg empire together. And I started off my whiskey career with a distillery called the Cooley Distillery. And I'd done a year with them, loved it. But my dad was expanding the egg farm and he asked me to come back and help, help build the egg empire. Yeah. And I, I had every intention of doing that, staying on. But uh, I got the call from Tullamore Jew. William Grant had bought Tully. And they were like, we need a guy from the U.S. Um, you kind of fit the bill, would you come over? And it was something I couldn't refuse to do. So I've been four and a half years as Tullamore Jew ambassador in the US, going city to city, coast to coast, and all in between, always with a bottle of Tullamore Jew in hand. Um, but still, still a big fan of eggs. So I think my perfect universe is a Tullamore Jew whiskey sour, egg white whiskey sour. So yeah. Sounds great. I thought you were going to say Tullamore Jew with scrambled eggs for breakfast. Well, the, the Irish breakfast, yeah, that's 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 ideal as well. We'll make that work too. And no better drink to have with your Irish breakfast than an Irish coffee as well. So yes, it's a good start to the day. It's a good start. So you're on a a tour right now that I'm super jealous about in leading up to St. Patrick's Day. So tell me what you're doing. So on February 17th, we nickname it St. Practice Day for those who can't wait 30 days to. Um, enjoy St. Patrick's Day. So I started off in LA, LA's oldest Irish pub called Tom Bergen's. And that started a 50 state, 50 Irish pub in 30 days tour and search for the best Irish pubs, the true characters that make them so special, but also the best and weird and wonderful places to celebrate St. Patrick's Day in America. And today's day, today's day 20. It is state number 43. I'm in Miami, Florida at the moment. And we're just 10 days away from St. Patrick's Day. So 
there's been a lot of cool stories, adventures along the way. I've been to everything like um, Charlotte, North Carolina. They're the home of the world's biggest pub crawl. 21,000 people wow. takes place on St. Patrick's Day in Charlotte, North Carolina. I've been to the site of the world's shortest St. Patrick's Day parade in Hot Springs, Arkansas. <laughs> and I know 30,000 people attend this parade. It's just 98 feet. And this year, Kevin Bacon is going to be the Grand Marshal of the Hot Springs St. Patrick's Day Parade in Arkansas. So Wow, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> so if folks want to follow along on your journey after they listen to this podcast or watch the video chat, how can they find out about these adventures and, and where you are? Yeah, the best place is on Twitter or Instagram at Tullamore Tim. And uh, I'd love if people would come along, join me at some of the pubs along the way. We can raise a glass, share a toast, and I can tell all the stories of this uh, escapade across America. I can tell you two things from it. Number one, America is a big, big country. (laughs) So far out of 43 states, Tullamore Jew tastes equally as good in all 43 states. Oh, that's good to know. (laughs) I'm doing my due diligence, I guess. Absolutely. And are you filming any of this along the way? Yeah, I'm doing my best to film it along the way, capture it. Like there's... um, multiple photos for each state and you can see that on, on instagram facebook twitter great so it's, it's been good there's been some brilliant pubs some i've been to some i've always wanted to go to and it's it's been a fun tour so we're next stop is fido in miami and then great i just came from providence rhode island there last night so and, uh, and have you already been to maryland did i miss I, you i so i went to baltimore uh, i went to patrick's on pratt street which oh, is uh, America's oldest Irish pub. Yes, I know. We have some great Irish pubs. And I, I think I was out of town, so we missed uh, actually being in person. But, you know, we've been talking about sort of what you've been doing and how you got into it. But I have in front of me three glasses with uh, three of the different uh, whiskeys that you produce. So tell me a little bit about what you think makes your product so different than the others on the market. Yeah, and... Um, well, talking about Irish whiskey specifically, Irish whiskey is known for being triple distilled. Now, I like to bust that myth straight away. You don't need to be a triple distilled whiskey to be an Irish whiskey. And in Ireland, we have three different styles of whiskey. We have grain whiskey made from corn, column distilled, a little bit of barley in there, or malted barley for uh, enzymes. That's a very light, delicate, sweet style of whiskey. Second type is single malt. And I'm, I'm sure your listeners and viewers are well familiar with single malt. Right. In Ireland, um, we do have one peated malt. It's called Connemara. But outside of that, the rest are unpeated. So they're very fruity, um, very fresh, very bright style of single malt. Lots of citrus. Right. So that's our second type. And then our third type, which is really unique to the island of Ireland, is a whiskey style called pot still whiskey. Um, with pot still whiskey, it's a mash bill of malted and unmalted barley. So germinated, ungerminated barley. And that actually dates back to when we were under British rule. We didn't really like being under British rule, uh, but we really didn't like paying their taxes. And the British put a tax first on their still size. And so all the crafty Irish distillers decided to make smaller stills and just run them more regularly. But what they wouldn't wanted to do was basically the more whiskey you produce the more tax you should pay so they decided to put a tax on malted barley thinking okay 
more malt barley you use, more whiskey you make, more tax revenue you should be paying. But we're a little bit crafty in Ireland, so we decided to come up with this new mash of malted and unmalted barley. And the good news was it avoided the tax, but the sensational news was it created this new style of Irish whiskey, uh, which is very creamy made texture. I don't like saying oily, but it gives you this butteriness, this wonderful mouthfeel. And it also couples that with a bit of spice as well. So any of your viewers and listeners that have had Redbreast Irish whiskey or Green Spot, they're examples of single pot still whiskey. Okay. The nice thing about Tullamore Jew is, is it's made up of all three styles. So you have the grain, you have malt, and you have pot still whiskey. And out of the leading Irish whiskeys, it's the only one to be made up of all three. It's quite unique in that way. I like to say it's all the all the good things about Irish whiskey in every glass and in every bottle. So nice. that's that's our our whiskey, Asian bourbon and sherry cast as well. Okay, great. So so let's talk about you know I think I have a is this a proper whiskey drinking glass? That's a Glencairn glass, and it's it's way more proper than mine. I, I'm I have a, t- a tumbler uh, in the hotel room. I love yeah. it. I'm looking on at envy at your glorious skin caring glass. Yeah. Yeah. This is the basic whiskey. Tell me a little bit about how you would go. I know in wine, of course, we have our swirling and our sniffing and all kinds of things. Tell me yes. how you would properly taste of this and let's talk about the, you know, your basic uh, whiskey. Yeah. Well, you've had the perfect glass for nosing. And um, so when, when I always nose my whiskey, I, I do it with my mouth open. And I know it can feel odd at times. Uh, you're nosing and you have your mouth open, but it opens up the airwaves. And a little bit different to wine is this swirling action actually agitates the alcohol. So we don't do that with whiskey. We'll kind of coat it and, and that will kind of coat, open up more aromatics, but swirling it kind of agitates it. So um, if you nose it, You'll get, it's quite bright. You get a lot of citrus. You get a lot of fruits to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't I'm, agitate my whiskey ever. <laughs> <laughs> I want my whiskey to be very comfortable. Very comfortable. Yeah. Then when, when you taste this up front, there's lots of honey vanilla up front. And that's from the bourbon cask. You'll get that green apple, that citrus come through. And then that spice that we were talking about with the pot still whiskey. Right. That kind of kicks in on the, the center of your tongue there. It's and very smooth. It's, I, I usually, uh, you know, I, I drink a lot of wine and uh, spirits not as much, but this seems to me way smoother than a lot of the other whiskeys that I've tasted in the past. Yeah, and that's, that's, classic, that's classic Irish whiskey. Okay. Um, it, it's very true characteristic of Tullamore Jew Irish whiskey. And uh, I, I love that second sip on it as well. So I'm going to. Yeah. And it has a real, the finish really stays with you for a long time. Yeah. Well, I love that spice coming in. It's, um, and a lot of people confuse that with alcohol, but actually that's the, the pot still spice coming in. Okay. And then you get a little bit of a sherry influence and we'll, we'll taste more of the sherry influence on our 12 year old, our bigger brother. Okay. But you get a little bit of that sherry coming in and you get that nuttiness, almost dried fruits to it, but you definitely get that nuttiness coming in as well. The bourbon barrels that you're using, I mean, the sherry barrels obviously are coming um, from Spain, but the bourbon barrels that you're using, where do you get those? So we we buy off multiple distilleries. Um, we buy off a broker. And the reason we do that is if we buy off one distillery, we're kind of buying the good, the bad, and the ugly. Whereas we find if we're buying off a pool of distilleries, we can then pick the best casks. 
Yeah. So it, walking around our warehouses, you know, you see them from Jim Beam, you see them from Wild Turkey, you see them from multiple, multiple distilleries that have no relation to each other bar the fact that they're from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our sherry casts, you may be well aware that there's not that much um, sherry being enjoyed at the moment, tragically. Right. So when it comes to whiskey, and um, the demand for sherry casts far outstrips the supply that is used for sherry. So we we have bodegas in Jerez and that are specifically there for whiskey cask development. So we'll create, we'll go with our spec and um, to season these casks, season them roughly for two years, and they're purely for the whiskey industry. Those casks and the sherry itself is unfortunately there's not that demand for the sherry. Um, so it actually winds up being sherry vinegar next. Um, but I think we should, every time you have a whiskey, you should have a bit of sherry as well, just to keep the demand of sherry high and that we can uh, have more sherry cast for our whiskey. So. Okay, I'll get my listeners to, uh, <laughs> to help deliver on that challenge. So. <laughs> and at the moment, this is uh, Oloroso sherry cast. Okay. Um, although we may start experimenting in the future with maybe some Fino, some Pedro Jimenez as well. Um, but... What you're, what you're tasting now is uh, Oloroso Sherry Cast. Okay, great. Is there any kind of, uh, have you visited any of the distilleries, the bourbon distilleries where you're using their barrels? I have, I have. And I'm actually back in Kentucky in May. And uh, I've, oh, I've been to Buffalo Trace. I've been to Jim Beam. I've been to Evan Williams. Uh, whereas I'm going to go to Maker's Mark. And I'm really excited to go to Independent Stave Company. Right. And yeah, the cooperage before the, the Kentucky distillers get get their hands on the cast. So I'm really interested in seeing you know how they char and toast their barrels and even just the, the production of, of barrels. Um, whereas in Ireland we get to see our cooperage, you know, they're building and breaking down existing barrels. Um, whereas I'm looking to see the I suppose the beginning of it all, the beginning of the journey. So Absolutely. All right. So we tasted the uh, the Tillamardu basic. Now, next to that, I have a sample of your 12-year-old. So more aging in these barrels that we've been talking about. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about how this is going to change from with the aging in barrel. Yeah, and we're, we're tasting two things. We're tasting the magic of maturation by it being uh, age for a minimum of 12 years old and still to this day that fascinates me like i don't know if you can remember what you were doing 12 years ago i certainly can't <laughs> but it, we're probably not even going to say 12 seconds to print this um, which is quite interesting in itself but we're tasting the magic of maturation number one and the angel share is something that crops up in whiskey distilleries be it in Ireland, Scotland, America, and every year we lose roughly two and a half percent due to this evaporation process. Mm. And leaving the cast there to interact with yolk, expand, contract, breed with it throughout the changes in temperatures throughout the year. Uh, we actually have so many casts laid down. Uh, I got my abacus out one day and we figured out that we were losing over 2,000 bottles of Tullamore Dew a day. Um, because we have so many aging in the warehouse uh, that's a lot of greedy angels a lot of evaporation and um, but what it does is karma. it's good karma it's good karma 
And what it does is it allows it to take on more characteristics from, from the oak, whether that oak has held bourbon previously or if it's held, um, or if it's held sherry. And <clears throat> the second part to this liquid story is, compared to the original that we tried, mm-hmm. this is more malt whiskey, this is more pot still whiskey, and this has a sh- higher sherry cask influence to it as well. And you're really going to taste that side by side when you're tasting it too. So I'm going to pull on this Oh, wow. Fuller body feeling for sure. And um, that creaminess is really... Yeah. And I think that spice with the, the yeah. sherry notes really kick in here. Um, mm. More so than the original. You get that original kind of feel up front. Right. Vanilla, but more creaminess to it. A uh, little bit of citrus, but I feel the finish is characterized, dominated by that combination of spice, that dried fruits, and that almost deep red wine influence to it as well. And the finish sticks around a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And I know in, in the wine world, the longer finish typically tells you it's a more complex wine, it's a higher quality wine, mm-hmm. well-made, not all, not always more expensive, but definitely well-made. And it's Is that the same for whiskey? Depends on the makeup of your whiskey. And I think with, with any whiskey that uses pot still whiskey, you're going to get a longer finish to it because that's mm-hmm. what the spice component is. So the more pot still whiskey you have in there, the longer the finish is going to be. Okay. And I do want to point out one thing on pot still whiskey because in Ireland it's, it's difficult. We have two dif- definitions for pot still whiskey. Uh, a lot of people can confuse pot still whiskey with the copper pot stills um, that we use to distill our whiskey. Um, but in Ireland, we specifically mean that mash of malted and unmalted barley. Um, that happens to be distilled in copper pot stills as well. Um, so it, can, it, it can be a while to wrap your head around that one. But when I say pot still whiskey, it's specifically about that mash bill of malted and unmalted barley. And um, I'm, I'm very happy that until a more... Uh, at our new distillery, by the way. We've opened a new distillery two years now. Um, right in the centre of Ireland, Tullamore is bang in the middle, an hour and 15 minutes outside of Dublin. And we get our name from, yes, the town of Tullamore, but the dew in Tullamore dew, it's not the moisture in the grass in a wet morning. <laughs> after this gentleman here, and I don't know if you can see, his name is Daniel Edmund Williams. And he went to work at the old Tullamore distillery at the age of 14. We no longer... Higher 14-year-olds would be very happy to hear. <laughs> 16, they're far more productive at 16. No, but, but seriously, um, he started there at the age of 14. By the age of 25, he became head distiller, general manager, and was a bit of an entrepreneur. He went about setting up a chain of 26 grocery stores, grain merchants, tea merchants. A moral of the story is he used all his money from those business enterprises to buy the Tullamore Distillery. When he did, he his initials to every bottle of whiskey we have. And that's where the June Tullamore comes from. Ah, perfect. I love that story. <laughs> so a self-made man and then, you know, sort of poured his good, money into good. his passion mm-hmm. for whiskey. <laughs> exactly, exactly. An inspiration for all. But uh, the, the 12-year-olds are fantastic uh, whiskey. And I think it's one of the best bang for book bottles of Irish whiskey you're going to get. Grant, in my opinion, is quite biased on that. But Yeah, well, what would these um, retail for, the basic versus the 12-year-old? Yeah, so depending on where you shop, the original would be 25 to to $30. Um, and then the 12-year-old would be about $50. Okay. 
Okay. All right. And before we uh, move on to our next one, I just, since we're celebrating St. Patrick's Day and kind of gearing up for that, um, unfortunately, I'm not doing a tour for it, but I'm definitely excited. I got my green on for you. But yeah. <laughs> what I hear that Americans are way more into this whole celebration than people are in Ireland. Is that true? Uh, no, well, like in Ireland, it's a national holiday. Okay. So I think until America embraces it in a, I'm going to say official national holiday. Um, I think uh, Ireland's still leading the way on that one. We, um, it's different. So it's, um, because it's a national holiday, all the kids are off school. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people are off work as well. So it's very much a, starts off as a family day. Right. Uh, the thing to do is, yes, start off with an Irish breakfast, probably pair it with an Irish coffee. Take, take the kids to the parade and then later on in the afternoon you know you'll wind up at your favorite local pub and Perfect. we'll continue the celebrations on into the evening but it's a big it's you know christmas and st patrick's day are the two biggest holidays in, in ireland and um, it's very much our fourth of july now it is not um our independence day but it right. has that significance in ireland great and i always like to point out a couple of things and uh, because everyone associates St. Patrick's Day as a drinking holiday. In in Ireland, you couldn't drink on St. Patrick's Day in, in a pub, off licenses or liquor stores weren't, weren't open either. Wow. You couldn't drink in Ireland on St. Patrick's Day up until 1961. Wow. 1962 was a really a year to remember. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it was. But even things like the parade, like uh, the first ever St. Patrick's Day parade was in 1737 in Boston. It took Ireland roughly 200 years later to start celebrating, being Irish and to start celebrating St. Patrick's Day with a parade. Uh, I think our first one was 1903 in Waterford, and then we had kind of nationally it was celebrated with a parade, uh, probably 1930s. So uh, we have a lot to thank our American cousins for <laughs> celebrating St. Patrick's Day. You've kind of given us the inspiration celebrating being Irish. So uh, it's it's still a big day in Ireland. Like I got to tell you, every town village has a St. Patrick's Day parade. So it's not just uh, a thing that the big cities or towns do. It's everywhere. And it's a big community day. It's a big day for the pubs in Ireland. And it's one of my favorite days in the year. Yeah, I have to celebrate it there one day. <laughs> so uh, tell me a little bit about this third one. It's called the Trilogy. It sounds very elusive and mysterious. <laughs> but what is going to make this third uh, trilogy different? So this is our newest release. It's also our oldest release to date. And um, this is a 15-year-old uh, Tullamore which we call Trilogy. And whenever you think of Tullamore it's really about the power of three because one, we triple the still. Uh, two, we're made up of all three styles of Irish whiskey. So you, I refer to that as being triple blend. And then to finish out the trifecta, we mature and finish this in three different types of casks. It's very unfortunate that it's three because Irish people struggle with their THs. So um, the, the three casks that we mature this in are bourbon and sherry like we've previously tasted already. We also do a, a three-month uh, rum cask finish as well. So Trinidadian rum cask, which really lends itself to uh, a rummy, a rummy raisin note. You also get that creaminess a little bit behind it. Wow, that really is creamy. Very soft, buttery, creamy. Yeah, you, you still get that pepperiness, not so much a spice that like you have in the twelve-year-old, but it's kind of more of a 
a pepperiness on your lips. Right. Got me on your tongue as well. But it's more it's more creamy than spice for me on this. And would butterscotch be like a weird, you know, that's what I'm thinking, you mean like a butterscotch. No, you definitely have the butterscotch of a play, toffee, caramel, then honey and vanilla from the bourbon cast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> less less fruit forward, more dried fruits, if anything. I think raisin sings to me on this. Okay. Um, yep. But but you don't have that citrus. You don't have that green apple that you do in the first two we tried. It's okay. more dried fruits. Um, maybe a little bit of figs, raisin as well, and some tarots too. But it's like it's got a nice, very satisfying finish to it. Yep. And so we, we went from our 25 to our, I think you said 50 for the 12-year-old. And then yeah. what would the trilogy be? And 75. Okay. All right. Great. So we have uh, something for everyone here. And now we're tasting these, you know, straight, I guess, if you want, if that's the right term. But what do you feel about making, I saw on the Telemordu website, there are cocktail recipes. Yes. Is it a sin to put some of these in a cocktail or what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely not. In fact, it's unimaginative to not put them in a cocktail. (laughs) And particularly with the original and anything from an Irish coffee to uh, one of my favorite drinks, the Tipperary. It's a pre-prohibition drink. Uh, and it's one that I make on St. Patrick's Day because I always get asked to make green drinks. Uh-huh. So I reach for a green chartreuse, which is green in color. And I make a Tipperary, which is some more to green chartreuse and vermouth as well. And it, it's a really enjoyable cocktail as well. But from, even if you want a more of a simple serve, and um, Ginger ale works great. I actually love fresh pressed apple juice. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, ice and a Granny Smith apple juice. Just combine it with Tullamore Dew and it really brings out that green apple flavor, but it also kind of pairs with that bitterness of the Granny Smith as well. And you almost feel like it's good for you at that point, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a health drink. It's a health yeah. drink for sure. <laughs> Irish coffees are brilliant too. You know, it's an injection of personality. Give you four major food groups, alcohol, sugar, caffeine, and fat. <laughs> All about balance. Um, what do you think? <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, there's lots of drinks as well you can make. So you're, you're in Miami now. Where yes. are you headed next? So I'm, I'm doing two stops in Florida. I'm Miami, I'm Jacksonville, and then tomorrow I'm also going to be in St. Louis. Okay. I'm going to a pub that I've been wanting to go to for years called uh, John McGurk's. Okay. Uh, continually recognized as being one of the best Irish pubs in the country. And then we have some great places coming up like Chicago, Boston, New York. I think there might be a couple of good pubs in those cities. Oh, yes. I, I've lived in Chicago and New York before, and there's yeah. no shortage of amazing pubs there. New Jersey, yeah. Connecticut. And one of the places I'm looking forward to going to is New London, Wisconsin. Oh, now, Day of the Tradition on the 14th of March, they dress up in what I can only assume are very tasteful green leprechaun suits, and they change all the signs in New London from New London to New Dublin for the week of St. Patrick's Day. And it started off as a prank, but now the, the town council endorse it and take part in it. So, Perfect. Uh, New Dublin, Wisconsin. Looking forward to it. Well, this has been amazing. I feel like I know so much more about your whiskeys, and I'm so excited to follow you on Instagram and Twitter and follow your uh, adventures leading up to St. Patrick's Day. Kim, I've always found that one of the things that sort of uh, doesn't seem to be embraced here in the U.S. as much as uh, it does in Ireland or across Europe is a great toast. 
Ah. Uh, and I wondered if maybe we could, um, of course, we want people to visit the Telemore Do website and follow you, uh, Telemore Tim, to get your adventures. But I, I don't know, I'm putting you on the spot, but do you have a great toast that we could both raise a glass to? Well, we've great people, great whiskey, so let's do a great toast. This is a famous Irish one. This is here's the cheating, stealing, fighting, and drinking. Stay <laughs> poetic with this. This is if you cheat, may you cheat death. If you steal, may you steal a heart. If you fight, may you fight for one another. And if you drink, I meat. Sponsor. Cheers. Cheers. Tim Hurley from Tullamore Dew, thank you so much for coming on The Sipping Point, and I wish you luck with all your adventures. Thank you very much. Happy St. Patrick's Day, and enjoy the, the season that is. Cheers. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Sipping Point, where we explore the recipe for a delicious life. I want to stay in touch with you, so I hope you'll find me on Twitter or Instagram at The Wine Coach, or just type in The Wine Coach in Facebook and you're going to find me immediately. I'm always looking to connect with great wine lovers like you, and I want your ideas for future shows. You can find me on the web at thewinecoach.com, and I'm here to help you demystify wine one glass at a time. Cheers. Cheers.